I'm Alaska Reed, and you're listening to Song Miner. Today's episode is with Lex Stacy. Lex is an artist and a producer based out in LA, and we speak about his song Are We Awake, which is off his latest EP called A Glint in the Holocene. It just so happens that Lex and I have actually played together, and I remember telling the story about Lex coming into my consciousness. I told this story on stage, and I think it confused everybody, but Anyway, I was in a tour van somewhere near Oklahoma City with this band that I was supporting and their drummer. He was on Instagram and he showed me this video. He's like, oh, this is so crazy. This person, I wonder who they are. Like, look at it. And he showed me this video and I had recognized that it was Lex Stacy because Lex was someone I'd been hearing about, but I hadn't actually taken the time to check out his stuff. So the drummer is showing me this video and he's like, oh, I wonder where he's from. And I was like, that's Lex Stacy. Lex is in L.A. And that sort of snowballed and uh, I got in touch and he's a friend now and great person and opened my show in L.A. And it was a really crazy set. And I think if any of y'all have a chance to see him live in the new year, you totally should. It's full of raw energy and it's just fucking cool, to be honest. It's really cool. Coming to the end of the year, I would like to thank everybody that has listened to Song Minor. I have to say there are some pretty good episodes that will be coming up either in January or if I'm feeling wild around Christmas, but who knows? Who knows? I just thought maybe maybe people would need a break from the festivities. They need to walk around that frozen lake and uh, listen to Alaska Reed chat shit about songs. But now the time has come to listen to the life of Lex. Here's our conversation. Do you want to start off talking about your musical history and kind of walk me through how you got to where you are now? Yeah, yeah. So like, if I were to start with my like music history and upbringing, I feel like I would have to go all the way back to elementary school. Do it. Being in, in like third grade. So like I, I grew up in a five to seven person household. It kind of fluctuated. And uh, I was surrounded by like a really wide array of music at all times. Mm. My dad would be listening to country like John Denver and like old Filipino folk music. And then my mom would be weirdly listening to like techno and like Alice DJ and stuff like that. And then I have two older brothers who are both like 10 years older than me. And so they'd be listening to hip hop, like rap and like downloading like mixtapes every other day. So that culmination, that has led me to be so much more like open-minded and like uh, my influences and tastes. All while they were all playing that type of music and introducing to me all that kind of sounds. I was kind of discovering like emo music on my own, My Chemical Romance and like Linkin Park. Okay. And uh, yeah, being like an angsty little like 12, 13 year old all throughout like elementary school and the middle school. Yeah, I always had this like weird uh, aspiration of like being like a pop punk band or like something like that. But I never had the friends to share that aspiration with. So. Once I was in high school and I discovered, uh, or I guess, no, I started producing in middle school. So once I started producing music, I realized that I didn't need band members 
at the time. Like I was like, oh, I could just create the songs that I want to on my own. So by the time I was in high school, I was like, yeah, recording like guitar loop stuff and like really shittily doing drums, trying to make it sound as real as possible, but it, it all sounded really bad, like not real and uncanny type of thing. Cause at first I was just making beats for people. Sorry, this is like a really uh, jumbled history. <laughs> this is perfect this is exactly this is exactly what i wanted keep keep going keep going yeah at first i was like doing like type beats on youtube like those like oh drake type beat kendrick lamar type beat and doing that whole thing and uh once i realized that i was able to even like sing or like rap or whatever was once i like started to toss in all the the influences onto one thing and it didn't need to just be a hip hop beat or like a pop punk song. I kind of just like forced the two together. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was like, cause I was thinking about the song, Are We Awake? And how, how many, like all the different, I was trying to like pinpoint all the influences I have on that song. Cause it all kind of ranges from like, there's like moments of like noise. There's moments of like ambient influences. I hear and, uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and a heaviness. There's a heaviness, but then there's a kind of tender, very melodic. I think I've said mm. once I asked you if it was okay promoting a show, if I could yeah. call you like, what did I say? <laughs> Spooky folk music? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And that like accurately depicts, I guess, the direction I guess I'm going in with my music now. Mm -hmm. um, folk, ambient, noise, and hardcore are like my kind of four pillars of I don't know, influence and, and a lot of my music. And every EP, I try to like hit all of those, whether it's a weird equation of all four of them mm -hmm. or just one or two. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying about your references, but I really just think of it as your sound. And I Thank also you. really think of the set that you did that I saw and just watching that, it just makes so much sense in my head. Like, I, I really see it. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you kind of, I guess, metabolized all those different things and made it into just your signature sound, which is really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I feel like even, like, the shows that I've done post the show that we did, like, I've been adding more and more elements of, like, ambient stuff into it, both, both ambient and hardcore, like, elements and... uh kind of looking at each of my sets as like performance art at this point and less of like a music set, weirdly. I never thought I'd go that direction, but um, yeah, cause like, I think I told you before how like every set I've been, I'm doing something different and trying to make it this whole experience that's like both new for me and for people in the audience watching. I don't know how that's gonna go if I ever go on tour, if I'm gonna do <laughs> a different set each night, but probably not. But. I think it's cool, though. I mean, one of the things that I really like about my favorite artists live is that they are completely unpredictable in a way as an audience member. Like, I remember seeing actually the replacements at the Palladium ages ago. Mm. I can't I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was a long time ago. And I just never knew what Paul Westerberg was going to do. Uh -huh. And I was so riveted for the entire show, not only because I'm obviously a massive fan, but because it just had this unpredictable 
element to it and that really gripped me because it was like I was already so familiar with a lot of the songs and it and it was kind of taking it to the next level which is really cool yeah yeah that's kind of like a weird thing that I'm doing to myself half of my set I've probably been performing it for the past like three years probably since like early 2021 and so a lot of the songs like I've done I've, I just know it like the back of my hand type of thing mm. and so I'm testing myself and like doing weird things to like make myself make a moment weirdly yeah and make it like a whole new uh experience just because I want to excite myself within it all too yeah so that's like a goal of mine every show is like challenge myself to do something that's cooler than the last show but like unpredictable <laughs> and the only way to do it is do that is to like it has to like legitimately be unpredictable for myself <laughs> i'm weirdly making my job harder but it's yeah it's fun you're feeling it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so looking back and thinking about your musical history what is it that you think you initially fell in love with hearing all those different things across your house your your dad's mm -hmm. john denver your mom's techno your yeah. brother's stuff do you think it was writing i think so when i was a kid none of that like even piqued my interest when i was a kid i didn't like yeah metabolize the sort of influence until way later in life like i was kind of one of those people because like so my dad was to a lot of, like folk and country and uh, as a kid, like, I hated it. Like, I, wa I wanted to like, just rebel against it. Mm. I was listening to, like, angsty emo stuff. So I was kind of a purist, like, elitist within that, like, that, that mindset of, like, only listening to emo. Even, like, hip-hop to an extent. Like, I didn't really listen to... I didn't, like, truly f listen to rap and hip-hop until, like, middle school. That was another thing. That I was, yeah, fully just focused on, on emo and, and rock. Yeah, as I got older, I started to fall in love more into, like like country and folk a lot more because then I saw I saw like the through line between certain like emotions and like storytelling mm. between like like a My Chemical Romance song or something like a John Denver song I mean obviously it's way different uh like subject matter but I guess for me the way that like like storytelling is involved in a lot of folk music also is involved in a lot of emo songs and just like pure emotion saying things how they are and then so that that's like that covers like those two genres and then as I got older the thought of like pushing like the limits of how music can sound is where kind of like the techno stuff that my mom was listening to kind of pushed me towards yeah thinking of things beyond just like a, a guitar and bass and drums and like the weird things that you could do to manipulate all of that into something that sounds borderline like noise and then adding all those elements. And uh, yeah, does that kind of answer? <laughs> no, that, that makes sense, especially on the demo because I'll play it right here.
you're starting tender you know i'll wait for you always and whatever that yeah. crazy sound is kind yeah. of breaking the limits which you know I, I really understand that now i guess i guess that's the producer in you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so like i guess like all these influences all like kind of like attacked a different part of my brain because like one thing that I was like I also like realized about the demo was that I started that demo I think it was like fall of 2021 and so for like months maybe even like a year I had just that demo where it's just a lot of weird syllables vaguely saying like I'll wait type of thing and uh I was like kind of thinking about my like artist process within all that and why it takes so long between the demo as a producer and then like like the actual song be written as an artist for myself is i realize i feel like i have like a faster thinking process as a producer i just know how i want things to sound yeah i think really fast in that sense but then as an artist when i'm like trying to write lyrics i think very slow and there are a lot of times where like i'll i'll produce a demo and it almost feels a, a little witchy because I'm like thinking of myself like six months to like a year from now writing a demo or not even thinking but like subconsciously like creating this palette for like future me to end up like writing and like expressing myself I see I on see. top of if that makes sense yeah so like a, lo a lot of my songs like work that way where like I create this demo pretty much just like an instrumental where I like, I'm really passionate about it, but I just don't know what to even say on it. I'm like too scared to say the wrong thing on it and like ruin the song. And most of the time, yeah, it takes me like six to like 12 months to like finally actually like live through something that makes sense enough for me to write about onto it. It's weird. So you're relaxed <laughs> then. You're, you're pretty relaxed about it. It sounds almost like you're spiritual in that you're like, when the time is right, I will finish this. I will have the lyrics. Yeah, weirdly, yeah. I've, I've, never, I've never been bogged down by like a, oh, I have a deadline for this project or like, I, 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 this is, these three songs are supposed to be done by this month. I've never imposed that on myself. So yeah, that probably helps me actually finish songs and not stress too much yeah because then yeah like I'll, I'll make a shitty little like acoustic thing in january i won't even have like an actual song until december and uh <laughs> does the production bother you like if you make a bold move with the production on your demo on your template does it bother you for the writing or do you just not take it seriously because basically i feel really uncomfortable entwining writing and producing personally for my stuff because I just can't make a bold production move early on in my writing process because I get distracted or it disturbs me or it. I feel like it uh, tarnishes something about my original idea. So I kind of have to wait till it's done and then make a statement with production. But it's interesting because you don't seem to have that problem. One way I can relate to that is if there's a like song where like I know I want really good drums on or something, because mm. like I'm not a drummer, that'll impede me on like, continuing to write to the song because like I know whatever verse section is supposed to have like these really cool drums and then my ability is not there yet and so yeah but then I also like yeah I don't stress it though like I I like I, I like 
I'll, you know, send it to who, like my homie uh, Aeon to like do their drums on it. And I let that live and I focus on, like I'm able to focus on something else for a little bit. And I'm always working on like the entire project at once too, by the That's way. That's like, crazy. Like, <laughs> 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 I, I try not to do, like I've never done like, song by song or like anything like that. Like my routine so far has been like, I'll come up with the EP title or album title. I'll come up with like a mission statement for it and then tell myself, all right, once I get to like six to eight tracks, that then if it feel if they all feel right and there's nothing missing, then the project's done. And then I just <laughs> I just go for like yeah, go straight into it knowing that all right, six to eight tracks, maybe one day I'll work on like the intro thing or one day I'll work on this other track that's supposed to be this big and massive thing. And then that's how I <laughs> And I usually emerge from that like it's weird. Like I'll like usually go into the writing process, like truly into the writing process, like in the fall. And then by the springtime, I'm usually out of the cave. <laughs> Wait, are you saying always in the autumn you're going into the writing process? Or are you just giving that as an example? I don't no, know. Like, oh, like always. I'll, I'll be like working on stuff vaguely throughout the year. But I always like tell myself this month, like this is the month where I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm locking myself in my apartment, in my studio. I'm not like forcing myself to make music, but it's it's just the, I don't know, maybe something about when the weather feels a little more moody, I just naturally go into hermit mode. So you're then, responding to the seasons a bit. Yeah, I think I'm, it's my, my cycle. It's the, my, so. <laughs> I was actually gonna ask you what, external factors influence your process or your songwriting so i guess we can start by saying seasons changing seasons a lot of my music revolves around like relationships and like friendships both romantic and just like platonic friendships and so that's like an external factor that always like works its way into my music i guess obviously because it's just life and then like media, whether it's like movies or with, with the last project, I was playing a lot of uh, Red Dead Redemption too. Mm. So a lot of like a lot of country Western, like just Wild West, like in the, I imagined for that that project, like my ideal scenery that paired yes. with it okay. <laughs> was like this empty, desolate desert and Wild West, like on a horse kind of thing really hydrate dehydrated and just like chugging on trying to survive that was kind of like the world that i was trying to like depict with that project yeah like all the weird like noisy drums on uh on are we awake i don't know for me those are supposed to symbolize just like being in like a like a really fucked up like sandstorm mm. and just really uh overwhelmed being taken over by like dust or something yeah <laughs> have you seen hidalgo no is that something? Is that a movie? I have no idea how it's aged. Yeah, it's a movie. It was it was a big deal for me when I was younger. But it has Viggo Mortensen in it. And okay. Okay. He, I think it's about. From what I recall, it's about his relationship with a horse. I think the horse's name oh. is Hidalgo. But I, the thing that I took away from the movie was this insane sandstorm scene. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, I got to watch it then. I had a lot of fear involving that scene, but I was also fascinated with it, so. Yeah, yeah. 
So when you're talking about relationships that you're inspired by, are you writing about those literally or are you sort of cherry picking and obscuring it? Like, have you ever had that thing mm. where a friend or an ex has been like, yeah. hey, that song's about me? <laughs> no, thankfully. Thankfully not. But I'm sure they know. Like, <laughs> they never asked me, but... Do you ever feel scared? Uh, to an extent... I'm kind of in the middle of, of like, I try to obscure things, but also I think my like songwriting style is I like being pretty forward or like, I just like saying things fairly straight up. And so there's no way like any of these friends who I've fallen out with or like exes, like there's no, like they definitely know (laughs) what's, what's about them. It's just, I guess, yeah, we, I just don't, no, I've never had like that dreadful conversation where someone's like, is this, is this about me? I don't know how I would react to that. I, yeah, I actually don't know how it, I don't know what I'd say, but yeah, I, I like being pretty honest in my, my music. Cause like, I'm not very, I don't like being super open in general on like social media or like being too available. And I like having my music being like my way of both the music and like whatever art that's like paired with it, whether it like little booklet thing. I like being very honest in, in any sort of art form, having people like learn about me through that rather than me having to like talk about it or go on social media saying a bunch of things. It just feels weird. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. so let me get this straight here. You typically will start in the autumn with some mood tracks, production, music, mm-hmm. and you let that rest, you marinate with that. When when do the lyrics come in? When does the theme of the song come in? Do you know that when you're creating the mood track or do you kind of wait for that to percolate? So I usually, so I, I almost always have at least like the EP title before like yeah, that's that crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Because it, it helps uh, control like the parameters, if that makes sense, of what this the world is. So like before even like the fall even comes around, usually a, a phrase will like pop into my head, and then I'm like, that's it, and then, and then I, I go into the uh, the writing process fully focused on on that phrase or or whatever. Like I already have my title for next year's ep that i i I had that title since february but i wasn't even like (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't working on that project yet like now is the time where i'm actually working on it and then yeah like last last project i had that title yeah i think i came up with last project's title when i was out i think it was in july of 20 or yeah or i don't know whatever time frame when i was like uh when I was shooting the my haunted be that music video, mm-hmm. I came up with the title like right after we shot that video, and then it went straight into, and then yeah, and then the following fall I had that that phrase already, and then <laughs> and it went into like the writing mode. So I I always have the EP title name and then like a paragraph that's like what I I ha- like I have to have this like mission statement or else I yeah I'm going into blind and I don't know which way to go so like when i have like the mission statement too like that's also a crucial 
a crucial part of my process. Title, mission statement. Can I ask you to summarize your mission statement or give me a bit of it from A Glint in the Holocene? Yeah, so that one. So yeah, the, the life of that mission statement is actually wild. I went into it. I went into like the writing process with like the mission state being statement being kind of forming this like kind of affirmation of a project, reminding myself to like be very present and happy with what's currently happening in my life in that present moment. I was going through a lot of stuff and not very hopeful about life. Um, and so, yeah, like that, my mission statement was like creating this project that was supposed to be affirmational, if that's a word. And uh, remind myself that the glint in the Holocene is like this shining moment in life, this like right here, right now, that's the glint is in this timeline. But that kind of took a weird turn as I was like, in the writing process because external factors relationships like a lot of things were ending in my life uh went through like a, a breakup so that made its way into like itself into the the project and like my relationship to like my career as an artist started to, like my outlook as of being an artist kind of like started to shift and so the uh that, that initial mission statement of it being about this beautiful moment in time kind of turned into like a sour kind of outlook and it, it being like the moment in time was like things ending. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that was like the mission statement I went in, into the project with. And then, yeah, kind of came out of the project with a whole different, like it just on its own kind of like molded into something else which I'm not mad at it just like I said I like being very honest and like transparent with my artwork and so yeah I guess that's a testament to my carefree sort of uh uh approach with with like creating music and art was like I, I let it kind of take its own shape once I like had this initial uh aim or like target yeah no, it's just interesting because it sounds like you have a lot of trust in yourself and in the process, which is funny because I feel like sometimes people struggle with that, artists struggle with that. And part of their process is getting themselves to, you know, have trust in, in what's happening. And it just sounds like you always are kind of trusting, which is really crazy to me. Yeah, I mean... I think part of why I'm so like trusting of my process and like my instincts within like my, my art is half of my like life is being a producer and like for like for other people's art. And I don't know, maybe it's this like weird when I'm when I'm producing for other people, like I I have to put my trust into someone else and like I, I like it relieves my responsibilities to an extent like I'm just making something that I know this other person wants to create and then I'm letting them like kind of take the steering wheel wherever it needs to go like I'm very very like hands-off to an extent like I'll you know do what I think sounds cool but everything has to be something that they want if that makes sense yeah and so when I'm working on my on my music I guess it's so different. I approach my own music so different from when I'm like working with other people that uh, 
it's like my time to like be fully myself and like I don't have to listen to any other person's input and uh yeah I guess I, since I I guess maybe it's because I see like both sides of the process that when I'm in my own world I'm like fully in my own world I don't care what anyone says about the direction or like what I'm saying in the in the songs or anything like that and uh yeah it like pushes me to be more trusting of my own uh yeah process that makes sense yeah how do you know when something is right do you have like a buzz or Mm. i don't know it's a hard thing to put into words but i'm just wondering if you have words for it yeah i guess i it's weird I, i think i feel like i don't it's more yeah it's definitely like a a feeling like an instinct I, i'd never know how to communicate that because yeah yeah it's it's really complex like once i finish a project i it's it's just something that i it's so corny no, <laughs> but yeah, it's something not. i just feel yeah no it's good but you hear that voice because sometimes i wonder too if you know myself included if if you hear that voice and you don't listen it just sounds like you listen a lot yeah 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 (laughs) okay so so do you going back to all wait always slash are we awake yeah what is the song about if you don't mind me asking Mm -hmm. so when i first made the demo like i thought it was gonna be very love song kind of vibes like waiting for someone kind of thing but that didn't make sense in my life in any way at that point and so um once i had my mission statement things started to like make more sense um and the pro or the are we awake is very self-reflective and it's like intention with the lyrics um like i said like i was going through a lot of life changes at the time so i was really just the broad question of are we awake kind of just like translates to like am i really like happy with where i'm at or like, am I really like doing what I want to do? Am I surrounded by the people that, you know, I truly want to be surrounded by? And so, yeah, it was just very, I was writing from a very like existential, self-reflective kind of lens. Do you find writing therapeutic? I do. Yeah, it's definitely therapeutic and like allows me to get feelings um, like communicated without realizing I guess that's actually yeah you just made me like unpack something I just realized yeah (laughs) what did did I make you unpack because I realized I'm not that good at like communicating directly with like close (laughs) with close friends and partners and so music always ends up being like my my weird oh like here's what I was trying to say for some reason I'm able to like get my emotions across communicated better like through music and so it is therapeutic it is a blessing and a curse because it allows me to make very honest music but it's a curse because like I can't just communicate it like a normal person I have to do it through a song or a project but yeah yeah outside of the seasons changing Uh what gets you in the mood for writing like if you're experiencing writer's block is there something in particular you do do you read something watch something listen to something so for last project for a glint in the holocene 
and this project or this, a current project that I'm working on right now, for some reason, both have been video games. So last project I said was, was Red Dead and this project or like this coming project that I'm working on. Uh, I've been playing Baldur's Gate a lot. <laughs> and uh, that's becoming like a big, yeah, a big influence and like direction. Like it kind of it kind of helped form the mission statement <laughs> for this next project. I realized like in my life, I'm a very like neutral person as we've we've uh, covered and like carefree about certain things and which has led me to be very indecisive. And, and that's one thing about Baldur's Gate. You got to be very decisive. You got to know that what one, one choice and, and action leads to consequences. And that's what I'm learning right now in life. And that's going to make its way into the music. And uh, a lot of exploration of that is, is going to be involved. You seem really decisive in your music, though, in your process and when you work with other people. So it's interesting that you don't think of yourself as that. Right. I think in everywhere outside of music and art, I'm a very indecisive person and I'm trying to learn to be decisive. What I want is what I want type of thing and not let external relationships with people or standards or like uh, expectations bog me down to like what to do. And so that's a theme in my life this year for some reason and is a theme in Baldur's Gate. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think I asked you, and I can't remember because it was a while ago, but I asked you on, I think it was on Instagram, you were doing a question thing. And I said, what do you picture visually with this project? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was that because of Baldur's Gate? Because you said Middle Earth. A, a little bit, but also For just Asian like... Asian people, which is, a really, which, is, <laughs> which is a really good answer and also completely unexpected because I... I had no idea what you were going to say, but I know that you're a very visual person because of all your video stuff. Yeah, I, that, that answer was like half half a joke, but half, yeah, like half serious. Like it was just a Asian people meeting me in, <laughs> in like this immersive fantasy world. Because I mean, the last project, it was less fantasy and more Wild West. Like I, I did a, a road trip through like, Arizona. And I wanted to go like all the way to New Mexico, but I didn't have the time. The vast open horizon of just desert, deserted, small towns type of thing was the world of Last Project. Cause it, yeah, I guess it kind of changes every project I'm realizing too. The project before that was the Pacific Northwest, greenery, waterfalls, and like beautiful pine trees. And then the Glinton Holocene was like desert and the next project is looking more more middle earth more <laughs> more i don't know maybe sci-fi ish maybe i don't know because my intention with last project was the idea of death whatever character that i was embodying in last project technically has died and so this next project i'm exploring it i don't know if it's like an afterlife thing or something just symbolic of post-life stuff um, Why do you say that? Do you mean that in a in a literal sense as in you're not going to return to that character? Walk me through that mm -hmm. more because I think it's cool, but also it's very cryptic. <laughs> on the, the Held My Gaze EP, it's kind of on a literal sword in the stone. It's like the beginning of this hero's quest. The, the cover is, is me 
uh, gazing down at this sword to start this adventure. And then last project, Glint in the Holocene, a lot of things in my life that was like brand new when I was working on Held My Gaze had been coming kind of to a downfall, whether it's like relationships and career mindset stuff, kind of vague, but symbolically like the spirit that I had in like 2021 kind of died uh in a way so yeah like the character of it of the music has symbolically kind of like very cryptic but yeah died in a way and so the next project is kind of like accepting and like growing from that i guess dying is such a cryptic vague way to say it. i guess i guess it's more of like understanding things and like a lot of things in life aren't understanding like impermanence i guess yeah also very vague but I I get where you're coming from it's making sense it's just cool that you have such a through line through your different you know bodies of work I think that's Mm -hmm. really cool that you're conscious of that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you want stuff to be a continuation but a level up or you know a portal into something else yeah, yeah. So I actually, this next EP that I'm trying to put out next year is technically would be like the third of like the trilogy. So the, 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 these three EPs would be like this, this, <laughs> this comprehensive body of work that would be put together because the first EP was beginning of the hero's adventure. Glinton Holocene was the death of that hero. And this next EP is like the exploration of that impermanence of life. And That's then, so cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, it would have this cool packaging, and I have a bunch of plans for that, which, yeah, people will see eventually. It's pretty early, but yeah. How has your writing process evolved from the first EP to the second to what you're writing right now? So weirdly, I don't think it really changed much, like from like a technical standpoint. Even that first EP, like I, I didn't really. I didn't really like work on it until I had like the name, knowing what it was going to be about. But it's all kind of evolved sound wise is definitely like where like the most of the uh, evolution, I guess, to at least like from my perspective, seeing it is a. Uh, it's gotten a lot slower the way I'm seeing it too. like the first EP, I wanted to make a lot of harder songs and I wanted to kind of scream more. And then last project, I wanted to start slowing that down a bit not not rely too much on like the theatrics of just like being high energy and then this next project weirdly is like even more slowed down and wanting and being more raw wanting things to be more like just like clear and like in your face emotionally so yeah that's kind of how it's evolved these these last few projects not very technical just more intention it's evolved a lot in my, yeah, intentions. What is your primary instrument that you write on? Because I know that you're very production-based, so obviously maybe it's going into the computer, opening up a Logic session, I don't know. But to me, from seeing your set especially, I really imagine that guitar is like that first mode of communication. Yeah, yeah, mo- most of the time it's it's been like just, coming up with a riff on probably some like weird tuning weird alternate tuning i hear it and, yep 
<laughs> and then, uh, so like my process when, when it comes to like actually like writing the lyrics, because like I'll come up with the riff, do a bunch of weird vocal humming syllable things. And then a lot of the, the actual writing happens when I'm like, I'll, I'll write the riff and then go on like a really long walk and just listen to my weird vocalizing syllable stuff and then just jotting down every phrase that like i can hear out of those uh those weird uh experimentations and then eventually like at the end of the day sitting down and just using whatever almost like a found poem just like all these like random like phrases that just popped up into my head with those syllables and melody until it makes something that makes sense and then like obviously polishing that up into like something that's cohesive and like saying something that i want to say but yeah, I guess that's like another form of how it's all just very like instinctive writing. I'm just, you know, the melody that I end up saying in that first demo is typically the melody that I end up using in like the last and like the final. It's just made with different words and, and stuff like that. Have you heard of this band called Black Braid? I don't think so. Black Braid. I'm... I'm afraid to categorize their genre because I feel like I don't know the intricacies of the hardcore heavy metal, uh-huh, uh-huh. metal scene, but I think you dig it because they have that kind of combo of textures going where it's there's a soft, interesting mm-hmm. kind of folky element or something organic, and then there's yeah. like, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of Panopticon? I have, but I, you know, it's so weird. I feel like my dad listens to them, but I can't name you a song. Yeah, because I know that name. And my dad's really into that kind of stuff. Yeah, so like there, or it's mainly one dude, but he's, I guess it's considered folk, black metal, bluegrass. So I don't know what the actual term would be, but it's like a mix of all that. And so like, there'll be like a, a song where it's blast beats, really like aggressive stuff. And then like, a slide guitar and banjo over that. So cool. And so, yeah, that's been like, that, like, honestly, like, his music is, like, a big influence as to why I try to put banjo over heavy noise is, is, is like, his intention of putting, like, bluegrass and black metal together. Well, thank you for chatting with me about everything. I'm very excited to see Middle Earth, but I guess I won't be able to see that till the spring, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's when your cycle is yeah, fulfilled. It probably won't be till it, it always ends up being like summer release, summer end of summer release. That's always when it happens, or like at least first single in like July or August. But that's yeah, that's probably when <laughs> the rollout starts. I, I I always think like six months ahead, but yeah. Sick. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you for having me.